welcome to the Reasonable Theology Podcast, where we present sound doctrine in plain language. We're here to help you better understand, articulate, and live out the fullness of the Christian faith. And now, here's your host, Clay Craby. Well, 2019 has drawn to a close, and as you look at the year ahead, if you're like me, you always make a plan to read more in the new year. So I thought I would just take a quick moment to share some of the books that are on my reading list for 2020 in the chance that you might find a book that's worth adding to your list. So in no particular order, here are some of the books that I'm going to be reading in the coming months. First is a short biography on the life of Robert Murray McShane. It's actually written by his friend and another figure from church history, Andrew Bonar. And if you're not aware of who Robert Murray McShane is, uh, he was a young pastor who actually lived only a short while. I believe he died uh, right around in his early 30s, and yet he had a remarkable impact in his ministry. So I'm looking forward to getting into this book. I've not read much on McShane at all, though I've come across quotes and other people alluding to his life and his ministry, and I'm looking forward to getting into this book, The Life of Robert Murray McShane. Another one in the area of church history is this one by Michael Reeves, and this is Spurgeon on the Christian Life. Crossway actually has a series on a number of theologians. It's called Theologians on the Christian Life, and this one is on C.H. Spurgeon. And if you've been around reasonabletheology.org for any length of time, you know that I am a huge admirer And I've learned a lot from the ministry and the writings of C.H. Spurgeon. And this is a book I have not yet read. I've had it on my shelf for a while. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Michael Reeves has put together in terms of Spurgeon's thoughts on living out the Christian life, on our walk with Christ. And this uh, promises to be a really good read and one that I would recommend. Other books, uh, as you may or may not know, my full-time vocation is I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor at a church in Grand Forks, North Dakota. So on my list are a number of books that'll help me do my job better, which is particularly focused on adult discipleship uh, and integrating people in from visitors in the church to uh, those who regularly attend this church to becoming full-fledged, fully involved members of this church. So there's a few different books that I have on my list for 2022, help me do my job better and really help focus my mind on the ministry of the church and on discipleship. One of those books is The Master Plan of Evangelism. This is by Dr. Robert Coleman. It is a classic. You see even on the cover of this one, over 3.5 million sold. It's just a short book and it's one I've never read. If you've done any reading in the realm of evangelism, you'll see this book recommended time and time again. So I finally put this on my list, something that I want to read here in the coming months, something to help me better understand the Christian's role for evangelism, to be encouraged in that task, and to help encourage and equip others as well. Also, within my capacity as a pastor and thinking through some things, this is budgeting for a healthy church. Now, if you're involved, if you're an elder, a pastor, a staff member at a church, I would recommend this book, though I've not yet read it. I have had it recommended a number of times. This is by Jamie Dunlop. Uh, It's a part of the Nine Marks network of books and resources, websites, podcasts, all those things. So it comes highly recommended by folks like Mark Dever, Jonathan Lehman, and that crew. But really what it is, is how to capture that annual budgeting process that your church goes through, 
and make it not so much about an administrative task, but really something that helps provide direction, helps provide um, an opportunity for your church to really focus their resources in a way that is in fitting with the mission of your church, which ultimately is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And this book helps you to approach that annual task, somewhat of a burdensome task perhaps, from a more spiritual standpoint, a more prayerful standpoint, and helping to really provide some ideas, some thoughts on how we can go through that process better, more effectively, and use that as a teaching opportunity for our congregations so they can see how it is we use the resources that come in through tithes and offerings and use those for furthering God's kingdom in our neighborhoods and in our own churches. Also, another book that I'm going to be reading is The Deliberate Church. This is by Mark Dever and Paul Alexander. And what it is is really trying to make sure that everything that we're doing in the church, we do on purpose. So much of what we do in churches happens because, well, that's the way we've always done it. Nothing's been changed and no one's really come along to really inspect and see, is this the type of thing that we want to spend our limited time, resources, and budget on? So what this is, is really focusing on what makes a church a healthy church. How do we put our time and energy into those activities, making sure that we don't lose sight of what our priorities are within the church? Uh, Ultimately, we're not simply a club for Christians to get together and be a part of. What we are in the church is we ought to be about the business of making disciples and drawing people into closer relationship with Jesus Christ. And this book is seeks to help you do that and think through what it is your church does on a week-by-week basis. You may have heard of The Trellis and the Vine, an excellent book. I highly recommend it, one I've read a couple of times already. And what that book is, is helping you think through what our goals should be as disciple makers. And our goal, whether you're a full-time vocational minister, whether you help out at your church, or whether you're just a faithful, obedient Christian seeking to make disciples, is not that we would just make disciples, but that we would make disciple makers. That's the goal of the church, is to create disciples who in turn create disciples. That's that spiritual multiplication. Trellis and the Vine is an excellent book. But one of the common questions that come out of that is, okay, this is clearly the biblical pattern I should be pursuing. How do I do that? Well, this book, The Vine Project, by the same authors as before, that's Colin Marshall, Tony Payne, the same guys that wrote The Trellis and the Vine, they put together really a manual. It's about two or three times thicker than The Trellis and the Vine was, And what it is, it's a manual of how do you start to incorporate these things in your own life, how do you model them for others, and how do you start incorporating that into how you do discipleship in the context of the local church. So again, that's The Vine Project by Colin Marshall and Tony Payne. Looking forward to getting into that this year as well. Now, I'm not just uh, running this website. I'm not just a pastor. I'm also uh, a father. I'm a husband. And I seek to do some reading during the year that will help equip me to be better in those roles, particularly in the area of parenting. So I have a few different books that I have on my shelf ready to be read this year. One of those is this one by Vodi Bauckham, Family Driven Faith. 
And this book would be helpful for those that might be involved in youth ministry, children's ministry, but it's really for all Christian parents, all Christians who seek to instill a biblical worldview in their children. One of the main theses of this book is the idea of having our kids not simply secluded, not only interacting with their peers, but really being brought into many different aspects of the life of the church. My wife just finished reading this. She's highlighted throughout, had a lot of great things to say about it. So I'm looking forward to reading Family Driven Faith, and I expect it's going to have a lot of challenging ideas of what we currently do in churches around the country and what may perhaps be a more biblical model of integrating our children into the day-to-day, week-to-week activities of the church, whether that be the worship service or any number of areas. How is it that we are modeling, presenting, and equipping the truths of the Christian faith to our kids and really setting them up for a lifelong faith and a lifelong healthy attachment to the local church. So that is the family-driven faith. I'm looking forward to that one as well. You may be familiar with the book Shepherding a Child's Heart. Well, this is a companion to that, Instructing a Child's Heart. And this is by uh, Ted and his wife Marcy, or Margie rather, Tripp. And what this book is primarily focused on is how can we, as parents, how can we as Christians or ministry leaders, how can we instill a biblical worldview in our kids? How can we take seriously our role as the primary teachers of our children, particularly when it comes to their spiritual education? How can we take that seriously and how can we go about doing that well? Some of the difficulties that many parents have is they've not seen this done in their own lives. They didn't have parents that particularly did this well. They've not been involved in families that had a a real focus on setting a priority on the spiritual upbringing of children. And so what this book tries to do is to serve as a manual for how we might instruct a child's heart, whether that's dealing with difficult questions, finding teaching opportunities in everyday life situations, anything that we can do as parents to instill that biblical worldview, help them understand and appreciate scripture, and of course, point their hearts to Jesus at every opportunity that we have. Uh, Another just fun book that we're reading, actually, we're about halfway through it already, looking forward to finishing up in this year, is when we read with the kids, we like to read classic literature as much as possible. And right now, we've been going through Around the World in 80 Days by Jules Verne. Uh, My wife and I listened to this book, an audio adaptation of this book, a year or two ago and loved it. The kids are loving it. This book is hilarious. Uh, If you've not read Around the World in 80 Days and you're looking for just a fun novel to read, if you're looking for something to listen to while you're on your commute, while you're on a long car drive, maybe you have a trip coming up, highly recommend Around the World in 80 Days. If you don't know the premise, uh, there's just this eccentric, rich person, Phileas Fogg, who makes a bet with his friends in London that uh, in the days before automobiles, and the days before airplanes, that he could traverse the globe, go all the way around the world in less than 80 days. He bets his fortune on it, and the book is just the, the different things that go into him trying to complete this, and of course a lot of different adventures, a lot of different side trips along the way. Really good book. It's been a fun read, 
and just uh, something that kind of break up the different theological or maybe church-specific books that I'm hoping to read and complete this year as well. We also want to keep in mind uh, our own theological growth. So in addition to our Bible reading, uh, reading some theological-driven texts can also be a big help. So there's a handful, I'll just show, share with you rather three of the ones that I plan to read this year. First is C.S. Lewis's The Weight of Glory. Uh, I'm a fan of Lewis. I'm not as well-versed in Lewis as others might be in terms of having read everything he's written. I've obviously uh, familiar and have read with the kids the Chronicles of Narnia books, familiar with things like the Screwtape Letters. But I'm not actually familiar much with C.S. Lewis in his sermons and his addresses. And what this is, is a collection of nine addresses that he gave during World War II that touch on a number of subjects. So I'm looking forward to reading this not only for the theological insight, the, the critical thinking they might drive me towards, but also in getting to know C.S. Lewis a bit better as well. If you've been looking for good books to read, if you've been going online, seeing people on Twitter or blogs or whatever else, recommending books that they've read in the past year or that they plan to read for the next year, you're going to see this title come up over and over again. To be honest, I don't know that much about it quite yet. All I know is that I've seen it listed and recommended well over a dozen times from a dozen different reputable, trustworthy people, and that is Delighting in the Trinity. This also by Michael Reeves. And what this book really tries to provide is an introduction to the Christian faith. But it's not merely for new believers or for seekers. What it is is a very condensed theological text, really the basics of Christianity. And one of the things that it focuses on, the primary thing that it focuses on, is the concept of the Trinity. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if we're honest, the Trinity is something that really is a difficult issue for many of us, whether we're trying to answer questions of our kids, explain the concept to a new believer or an unbeliever, or really try and wrestle with it ourselves as we read through Scripture. And what this book seeks to provide is a way that we can understand, a way that we can appreciate the Trinity, the triune God that we have. So I'm looking forward to reading Delighting in the Trinity by Michael Reeves. Now, this isn't the last book that I plan to read in 2020, but is the last book that I'm recommending right now, or at least sharing with what my goals are with you, and that is The Whole Christ by Sinclair Ferguson. I've actually started listening to this book already. What this book seeks to address is the questions surrounding how is it that we understand and present the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what it's really helping us do is stay between those ditches of legalism and antinomianism or lawlessness. Those who say keeping the law is what keeps us in favor or gains us salvation. And those who say, hey, once you're saved, you can do whatever you want. You can live however you want. Neither of those are true. And what this book helps to show is in fact that these errors are not opposites of one another but they really spring forth from the same error, the same heart attitude about what the gospel is and what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. So that is The Whole Christ by Sinclair Ferguson. So far, it's been a really great read. It comes highly recommended. I'm looking forward to going through the rest of it as the year progresses. Now, briefly, obviously, 
We don't only want to read texts about the Bible. We don't want to only read theological books or other books. We want to be in Scripture as well. So I thought I'd briefly share what my plan is for the year ahead. And I'm doing something a bit different than I have in the years past, and I'm making use of something called the F260 Bible Reading Plan. It's just a short printout that I made. It comes from the people at Replicate Ministries, which is a discipleship-focused online ministry. Now, the reason I like this is it's broken into five readings per week. It goes to the Old and the New Testament. What I really like as well is it has two memory verses for each week. So part of my goals for the year ahead is not only to read Scripture and be more faithful in each and every day in the morning going through God's Word, but also memorizing Scripture. So if you go through this, not only will you have gone through a great deal of Scripture, both in the Old and the New Testament by a year's end, you'll also have memorized well over a hundred verses. And if you're like me, that's something that you could really stand to grow in in your own Christian walk. When you go through books that talk about the spiritual disciplines, whether it's Habits of Grace, something like that, the book Spiritual Disciplines by Donald Whitney, another one that I would highly recommend, what they often talk about is our scripture intake, not only in reading, but in scripture memory. And that's something I seek to grow in in the year ahead. So those are my recommendations of what I plan to read in 2020 and books that you might want to consider as you seek to make a plan for what you want to read in the year ahead as well. I'll put links to all those in the notes for this so you can check those out and learn more about them. I hope this has been helpful. For more information, for more resources, I encourage you to visit reasonabletheology.org. There you'll find lots of theological, apologetics, Christian living articles, but also a number of book recommendations and reviews as well. Some of those we talked about, many others that we've read in years past that I've recommended for you to check out. So hope that's helpful. Have a great 2020, and I encourage you to read as much as you can in the year ahead so that you might grow in your knowledge and love for the Lord. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Reasonable Theology Podcast. Be sure to visit reasonabletheology.org for more helpful resources on understanding, articulating, and living out the Christian faith. In addition to the show notes for this episode, you'll find articles, videos, book reviews, and much more. That's reasonabletheology.org. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoy the Reasonable Theology podcast, go to reasonabletheology.org slash subscribe and get the weekly email. Each week I send out the latest article or podcast episode, and each email also includes a helpful definition to expand your theological vocabulary, a beautiful painting depicting a scene from scripture or church history, a musical selection to enrich your day, as well as the best book deal I've found that week to add trusted resources to your library. Try it out at reasonabletheology.org slash subscribe.